Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Hello, Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and this is our third episode in a series that we're covering on intrinsic motivation and how to build teams, encourage teams that are self-motivated. Hill, Hillary Durso is with me again on this episode. Hey, Hill. Hey. I think you and I have been waiting for this one. We have. This is the one. This is the one for us. So, so far we've covered autonomy and mastery and we got some really good feedback about mastery. And honestly, a lot of you who are motivated by mastery revealed yourself and y'all are interesting. It's very interesting and very cool. Yeah, you guys are interesting people. I, you know how we're always envious about what we don't have. Like, I wish I was motivated by mastery. Me too. And just, and getting as good as you can at multiple skills. And I think it's fantastic. It's very, it's, it was interesting to listen to. And Gregory did a phenomenal job and he was like the perfect person to talk about it. Yeah. He's totally motivated by mastery and really shared a lot of insight with us. And I think five, you know, if we tie that back, we talked to us a, a little bit because a, a lot of our most popular episodes have been about the Enneagram. And I think fives really emerge as, you know, people who are autodidactic and they're really motivated by mastery on a very fundamental level. So that it's interesting how all of that kind of stuff, go, you know, it finds a way to go together. We're finding all of these ties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, I, without revealing anything, because I can already see, I'm not even going to look at Hill when I say this, but we have something so damn exciting coming for you by the end of the year. You're going to just die. <laughs> you are going to die. I can't tell you what it is, but I cannot wait until we unveil it. So anyways, I say all that to go into this next, our last episode in the series on purpose, not on purpose, but covering the motivation, the self-motivation of purpose. And we really have been dialing into why people work, what motivates them, what really gives them the kind of like drive to do things, what, what makes you love something. And we've covered a lot of this research that suggests that that individuals just perform better when they're motivated. And some people are motivated by money and they are motivated by tangible things. And comparatively, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just uncovering what motivates people. And uh, so many individuals are motivated intrinsically by some sort of, you know, Dan Pink calls it motivation 3.0 by something that is just, not necessarily reward and punishment, but more something that dives deeper into this like drive and motivation that gets us up in the morning and makes us continue to push on past like reward, right? Like tangible reward, which is so interesting uh, to me. So we've covered autonomy and mastery. And today we're going to talk about purpose. And I just want to read this little piece and, and really source it. This is Daniel Pink's thought process. It's his research. It's something that we found to be very interesting. 
but people may become disengaged and demotivated at work if they don't understand or cannot invest in the bigger picture. Those who believe that they are working towards something larger and more important than themselves are often the most hardworking, productive, and engaged. So encouraging them to find purpose in their work, uh, for instance, by connecting their personal goals to organizational targets, targets can win not only their minds, but also their hearts. Offering staff the chance to use their skills to benefit local nonprofits, for example, can foster a strong sense of purpose, as can developing a value or ethics-led company vision that encourages people to buy into its key organizational goals. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's it. Spot on. That's it. Well, we, we, we talked about this in the past, but Hill and I, we were both motivated by purpose. How does that manifest for you, Hill? What does that look like for you? And I was, I've been thinking about this because I knew this episode was coming. And I definitely, the more I've read on Pink's research and talking with you over the years of even mentorship and being a part of Francis Wright, I definitely am intrinsically motivated by purpose. There's no doubt. Looking at these three, I feel like in my brain, the easiest example that comes to my brain that I keep coming back to is really Francis Roy. When I got asked to join Francis Wright by you, I genuinely believed that this was a company that provided better for everyone. So it provides better for the people who work for you, provides better for the clients that we work for. And that part of it to me, having that purpose, knowing that I'm working for a company that is such a positive place to be to me that again is my, I attach that purpose of wanting to wake up, do great, do great for the team. All of that is because I believe in what Francis Roy is. I believe in you as a leader. And I know that might make you cringe a little bit as far as the you, but it is important (laughs) 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 because that's, that's the honest truth. And I, that told me when I was thinking about it over and over, I was like, that is definitely purpose. So for sure. I, well, I love purpose-driven companies. It reminds me of like seeing Tony Shaw at, who was the CEO of Zappos. And he just talked about his happiness culture and the way that that really drove motivation. Of course he passed, I guess not recently now, but during the pandemic he passed. And you know, that that was a very sad time for me, even though I never like met him, I wasn't friends with them or whatever, but I feel like there are people in this world who help us feel self-propelled and self-motivated and losing a great visionary like that is very impactful. That was the first time that I really felt like attached to a vision and a culture. I didn't even really belong to that culture, but I understand what you're saying because it's like you, I wanted to belong to that culture. I don't, I don't really care about like working for Zappos. I just really wanted to understand what, you know, would cause someone to create something that where happiness was at the root of everything. Mm-hmm. And they had these really great culture books. They were all very smart. It was very visionary and it almost didn't matter what they were selling, right? It was just the fact that they felt propelled to do it. Yes. And that it I will say this though, I feel like in the workplace, because of course we're talking about purpose as it applies to work, Mm -hmm. because purpose is bigger than work. 
but in the workplace, a balance of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation is good because you want to make sure people feel valued by their compensation and the amount of time off that they get and, you know, all of those things that are really extrinsic motivating, but then also you're tapping into that intrinsic motivation so that people are loyal and dedicated and their hearts are in it so that we all are doing the best work that we can. I think intrinsic motivation really manifests itself for me in my work with nonprofits. Obviously my work at Francis Roy, which is, is the root of everything and really working with you guys. But I also feel like I feel it. I feel like I lose sight of the profit margin, if you will, when I'm working with nonprofits, I just lose it. I, I do because, and it really is specific. And I know you and I have talked about this, but like deliberate service, mm-hmm. especially like board service, being deliberate and being in a place where I know I can lend something unique that makes a difference, that's valuable. I have no intention of ever, and it's really the way that I try to mentor and guide you guys towards board service. I never have the intention of sitting on a board. I actually hate it when people say that. Yeah. Because when people are sitting, in my mind, they're doing nothing. Nonprofit board participation is service. Mm -hmm. You serve on a board, you don't sit on a board. And I, I think that that really comes into play and is a huge motivator. It will push me past, you know, even caring if there's compensation at all, which is not always necessarily good because uh, they're I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I run a business, but you feel very mission driven at that point. I feel very mission mission driven at that point. And I know you do too in your board service that you're just like, I'm here and I want to make a very marked, like I want to make a difference in a really big way. Mm-hmm. And I don't need it to be, I don't need there to be anything in it for me. This, what is in it for me is the feeling that I have a purpose here that I'm contributing to the whole. I think that's the way, I'm pretty sure that's the way it manifests for me. I mean, I'm definitely motivated in the, Francis Roy to always be creating an environment or helping to create an environment with you guys that people feel intrinsically motivated where you feel like it's comfortable for you to have purpose there. But then there's also a balance. Like, I don't want to take advantage of that. You know, I'm always telling you guys like, leave, get out of here. Like, you know, especially you, Hill, because you can be so driven to your purpose at Francis Rory. You're like the first person in, last person out. I'm like, girl, leave this place. Like, (laughs) (laughs) leave this place. Well, and I told you it's hard. It's a lot of times hard because it's that when it doesn't feel like work, work all the time, and it's more from a passionate place and a purpose place. I think it's easy for people that are motivated by purpose to not shut off because you're just wanting to go, you want to keep doing, you're like, let's go. And I think it, it might also even correlate, I think a little bit to Chantel, you and I like a certain tempo too. Like we, we jive very well because we're at a very fast. And I feel like this has something to do with it too, is like that purpose-driven, like, let's go, let's do it. Like, this is exciting. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I, I think that that probably can maybe drive some other people on our team crazy, but it's, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, motivated people, 
in my experience, not only have the best, like really positive attitudes, you know, usually, but also are very adaptable when it comes to like change and stuff, you know? And I think it's just because you have a bigger vision in mind. It's not just the task at hand. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is for a reason. I'm doing this for a purpose. So I can, I can navigate the waters of whatever's coming because I have the light. I I have the big picture Mm -hmm. in my brain at all times. So you know, that helps us. I mean, from a reputation perspective, our team is known for that. We are incredibly agile and that agility, I think, is a luxury symptom. It's a privileged symptom of intrinsic motivation. Yeah, definitely. Which is why we have to be really choosy. I mean, gosh, there's such a balance. Like if I sit with a nonprofit and I fall in love with their mission, I almost feel bad. Like I'll come back to the team and be like, oh God. I'm sorry, but not that it matters to the team when we do something pro bono because it does not impact anybody's compensation. Like at the end of the day, no one see, no one, no one really cares. There, you know, there's or shouldn't care anyways when we do something pro bono. We don't, you know, I and nobody does. Nobody has ever been like, oh my god. But sometimes I, because I know, I know what we're doing. You know, I know what we're doing. I know that we're doing it out of the kindness of our heart, kind of like our creativity for change event where we donate 24 hours straight of, you know, pro bono service to nonprofits or to whoever we decide. I have to balance that because we can't work for free. Everybody, you know, has to be compensated. Extrinsic motivation isn't like the driver necessarily, but it is super necessary. We talked about this recently. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be motivated by money to need it on a fundamental level. I know. We talk, I think we talked, it might have been mastery with the episode with Gregory, but it's hard. It's like, because you need money doesn't mean you're motivated by it. Just because you need a roof over your head like everyone else. And you just, you know, and sometimes you want some money for a Starbucks. It is what it is, guys. But it doesn't mean you're actually motivated by it. No. And as leaders, we have to, once we uncover motivation, we cannot use it to manipulate the team that we lead. Right. We're like, okay, well, this person isn't motivated by money, so I'm not going to give them any, right? I'll just keep, (laughs) I'll just keep feeding them the shit that they need, hoping that somebody else is feeding them in real life. (laughs) That's baloney. That's bullshit. God, I hope people do that. And they do that. Like, no, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) They definitely do that. So there has to be a mix where it's just, you know, two halves that are, everybody needs money to survive, but we also are fueled by something else that's invisible and that is specific to us as humans. And tapping into that and understanding that is incredibly important. I do just, I have that, little tidbit that you read up in the beginning of this episode about purpose. And I do the last line, it says as, that you read as developing a value or ethics led company vision that encourages people to buy in to its key organizational goals. I feel like Francis Roy, and you've done that to a T because I feel like I was really, really pulled in by a lot of personal values matched the values you brought to Francis Roy. And I feel like right. off of that too. Right. Yeah. I think that a core are like establishing and having a core value system will help you attract, not just the right. I use the word like, right. 
you know, kind of loosely, I don't mean that it's a conformed type of situation because there are people, I mean, there are tons of people who can be, you're entirely different, but you're motivated, motivated by the same core values. Mm -hmm. So I, it's not like an absence of diversity, but there is like a shared value system. Mm -hmm. And we've known right away, like people or clients who do not they're not compatible with our core values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are really just kind of like golden rule type values. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think that's super important. And that's not something I created. That is something my grandmother instilled in all of us kids. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed right. And it still seems right. It's, it has some longevity for sure. And we've talked about several times, like maybe rewriting our core values. And I just don't think that we're going to do that. Yeah. I say that now, but who knows what next year we'll bring, but they're inclusive. They're very inclusive. And I do, I agree with the longevity comment there. There's none of those that feel like they would, they're going to time out or tap out. You know what I mean? No. I mean, we did talk about hard work is the best work last episode. Like we don't necessarily mean it like, and, you know, working so hard that you die. It it definitely, you know, it definitely is a work smarter situation. So there is a little bit to be translated, I think, but, you know, and when we say family first, we don't mean it in like the cringy, like Francis Roy is a family and the most important family above all of your other families. Like that's bullshit. (laughs) I almost hate it when people say our team is a family and it's like, you know, <laughs> yes, we are a team of people and we respect each other like a family should, yes. but not all families respect each other. Number one. And, no. and, you know, but it's having the freedom to put our respective families first is what's really important. Yeah. I need to be better at doing that, but it's, because I'm motivated by purpose, sometimes that takes over everything. It can. It can easily take over everything. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Which is what I love most about the new iPhone 13. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually very cool. And I'm very jealous that my iPhone doesn't do that. As if I have an old iPhone, I have like the 11 Max. It's like not that old. But <laughs> The new iPhone 13 has, gosh, I feel like this is a commercial. It's so funny because we have this battle in our office between iPhone and Android. You know, I'm obviously team iPhone. Our team Apple, Apple and Android, right, Hill? I don't know. You're going to help me with that. But they, it has a, so do, okay, so all iPhones have like a do not disturb function. Mm-hmm. But now there's like a focus, it's called focus instead of function, instead of do not disturb. And you can customize your focus. So right now I have my work one on and I can silence some things, no, not silence it to the point where I, it blocks it entirely, but it's, I don't get notifications from it. So all my social media and media and things that are personal, like TikTok, you got to go girl when I'm working because I can't function. You got to go. And then I've got one for sleep, one when I take my walks, and then a personal one. And the personal one is so smart. I had to actually turn it off and manually turn my work one on because I'm working remotely right now. But when I pull into my driveway, it knows 
it switches, it toggles between the work and the personal and all my work stuff, the notifications turn off and it flips over and it is freaking genius. That's awesome. I love that. It is freaking genius. I don't know. Obviously we know who came up with it, but it does help because sometimes I can be very driven by something. I feel that pull, like I'm on a mission. I'm very purpose purposeful about whatever is going on, but I need to turn it off so I can be with my family. Yeah. And that's very important. It's very important. And it, it's not always something I do well. So we are works in progress for sure. Our works in progress. I love, you know, just kind of like, I know we're wrapping this series and I love this series so much because I think what motivates us is so incredibly important. It's important as leaders that we are tailoring our motivational approaches for each individual and that we are seeking strategies and tools that will help us do that. And our job as leaders is to work for the people who follow Mm -hmm. our vision or the brands that we've established that we are sort of like breaking free of whatever needs to be managed. And we're really guiding and leading and working and working for our people, not necessarily our people working for us. And that encourages and inspires loyalty and trust and positive attitudes at work and just a better relationship all around. It does. Yes. Daniel Pink says you inspire them to achieve, achieve extraordinary things, but I kind of like ordinary things sometimes. The word extraordinary can put a lot of pressure. Yes, Hill, that's almost, we can almost do an entire episode on extraordinary versus ordinary. Mm-hmm. Ordinary makes the world go round. It does. It does. Well, if you guys are listening, which I hope you still are, This is a fun conversation, I know, for us. But we definitely encourage you to check out mindtools.com and read a little bit more on all three of these subjects, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, that you are being deliberate about your approach to inspire a vision of a meaningful future for your team, that you're not only encouraging and motivating the people who work for you to buy into this vision, but you are managing the delivery of it and you're building trust and relationship with your team members. That's both reciprocal, but also sets you guys up for a really bright future. So we love that. We love this model. This is something I know our team will continue to use as our, as our agency grows. And we hope we've introduced it to you and that, and that you like it as well. So Hill, what words of wisdom can you leave us with? Mm. Personally, for me and being purpose-driven, I think I heard something not too long ago from my other mentor that was really in line that opened my eyes and it was very interesting, but being purpose-driven doesn't mean you need to be the biggest or best visionary. It just means that you are invested in carrying out the vision as a a part of the, the overall bigger picture. And that is okay. And that is great. Dennis, you wise, wise man, Dennis. (laughs) Little does he know he mentors all of us. So (laughs) I love that, Hill. Thank you so much. And 
I honestly, I don't know what our next step, our next series is going to be, but I feel like we're on the lookout for one. And if you guys have something you'd like us to research, uncover, implement, test, do whatever, we're totally open to that. We do have something very exciting coming the end of the year. So keep listening for more. We are on Amazon Music now. So we're on all the things. Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon, Apple, Google, everywhere. So uh, you can get this pod anywhere and everywhere. If you have any questions for us, send us an email. Hello at FrancisRoy.com. And you'll see it all across our social channels, all across the Francis Roy social channels over the next week. So share those and comment. And we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, until next week, we're talking about NFTs. That's exciting. It's going to be such an awesome episode. I'm so excited to learn from the guy who is the artist behind Basefish Mafia. So oh my gosh, my hardest thing is going to be able to say that because I have a tiny little bit of a lisp and it's just got a lot of S's in it. So I've really been working on that. But until next Monday, we hope to hear from y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye.